As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for your weekly dose of Wayne's Comics. Welcome to episode 308 of the Wayne's Comics Podcast. I'm so glad you're listening because I have a real treat for you all this week. I'm talking with Royden Lepp, the creator of Rust, one of my very favorite comic series ever that is coming to a conclusion in February of next year. And I had a chance to read that conclusion ahead of time. So I was able to talk with him about what I thought of the final volume. Of course, I really loved it. It's just a wonderful book. And we get to talk about some of what he had in mind for bringing this to a satisfying conclusion, as well as what we might see from him in the future. He's one of those creators that I hope we hear a lot from in the coming years because he has a great way of storytelling. So I'm sure you're going to enjoy what he has to say. There's a lot to get to. So let's get on with the show. It's always a terrific pleasure to talk with Royden Lepp about his wonderful series called Rust. And you've got some news for us that uh, was released a couple of months back. Why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about what's coming, Royden? Well, the last book, uh, pretty specifically, that, that's what's coming. Uh, okay. I know a lot of people have been waiting for a while. This last volume took longer than the other ones. So, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of happy I'm going to finally get that into the hands of readers everywhere so yeah that's what i'm most excited about oh great great because i had the chance to read a, a, a digital version of it somebody at boom made it available to me and i read it and i have to tell you i absolutely adored that fourth volume it's oh, I've got good. so many things i i, I want to talk about it i don't want to spoil anything of course but uh what, before we get into that though why don't you in case somebody hasn't listened to before why don't you tell us a little bit about what rust is about yeah, yeah. Rust is takes place in kind of an alternate 1930s type universe. It's not necessarily Earth. It's kind of a non-specific location. And there was a great long war that was fought using robots. And the war kind of looks a little bit like World War One, but it kind of looks a little bit like World War Two. And there's a family that we focus on, the, the Taylor family. Mm -hmm. And Roman Taylor, the oldest brother, his father doesn't come back from the war, and he's left trying to hold his family together and hold his dad's farm together when one day a kid with a jetpack crashes in his field in the farm. And it goes from there, as you know, Wayne. Mm -hmm. Now, I've read the first four volumes. And I, actually, you know, I want to say, because we got this, the fifth one is what this is in my mind, because you have a book that's a prologue that came out. And I saw you at uh, C2E2 when you were selling it there, and I bought it from you at that point. 
in my mind, it's five books, but I guess in your the way you're doing it, it's four. Is that the way you're looking at it? Yeah, well, it was, I mean, originally the, the plan was just for four hardcover volumes, but I'd always been interested in getting the series in softcover. And when we finally decided to go to softcover, I kind of came up with the idea of a bit of a remix, kind of taking all of the prologue stories from the hardcovers and kind of rearranging them in chronological order mm-hmm. and releasing it and calling it the prologues. And it made the most sense to call that volume zero to cause a little, as little confusion as possible. But yeah, yeah, I don't mind you referring it to five volumes. I mean, that's the way softcover readers will see it. Yeah, which is great. Now, I, I love the hardcover versions myself. And so my, my understanding is the, this fourth volume, as you refer to it, is going to be out in both hardcover and softcover in February is what I understand. Yeah, I think it's going to be towards the end of February, though I never, I, I, I don't know the exact date, but um, mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the first times I think Boom will be releasing hardcover and softcover at the same time. Hmm. Now, it's called Soul in the Machine, I see. And I know that you've been working on this. I've been reading a place that's been like seven years you've been working on this series. and uh, uh, It's more than that, really. It's kind okay. of hard to describe uh, the years. I mean, I know we've, we've talked about it before, but it, it's really been a story I've probably been working on for nine years, but mm. it was a different publishers and, and I took a year off in the middle there. And so, I mean, altogether from the beginning of drawing rust to the end, it's been about nine years. Now you do pretty much everything in this book as, as we've discussed before you, you write it and then you draw it and you put the coloring, which is kind of a sepia tone kind of a setup. And so you do the whole thing on this. So this has been quite a, uh, an accomplishment for you to get all of these books together. And, you know, I, 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 it must be something different now because as I was reading an interview that was on a different website on comicbook.com, you were talking about the fact that, you know, you kind of have d- been doing this for several years. This was part of your routine to be able to work on this. And sometimes late at night when you're exhausted, I was reading you said about uh, that you'd take time to do this. So what's it like now? Because basically now you're, you're doing publicity and getting ready for this thing to come out. What's it like to have that change in your life like that? Yeah, it's a bigger change than I was, uh, than I was prepared for. Um, <laughs> it, I mean, I'm, I've always looked forward to the series being done so that it could be complete and that readers should be able to read the story from beginning to end and, and hopefully be satisfied in the story. And that it would be something that I could kind of call complete and be done with. And it's behind me. Mm-hmm. I think every creator kind of wants that experience. And so there was a the big part of me that was looking forward to that. But then towards the end of volume four, I don't know where I was at when I was drawing and I realized that I was really enjoying it and I was enjoying finishing the story. And as I got closer and closer to the end, because for this book, I did, I did work chronologically through it. As I was getting closer to the last page, I, I realized that, oh, man, I've only got a few more pages to go. And then once I drew Roman for the last time and Jet for the last time and Acot for the last time, like all these characters, I you know started to think, well, I'm never going to draw these characters again. When am I going to draw them again? I don't know. And it, it was kind of like uh, uh, it was a little difficult to say goodbye to the series for myself. I mean, I'm more intimate with it than anybody else. So it's actually been a little bit difficult to be kind of not doing anything and 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 have all this freedom i mean i'm going to bed early which is nice <laughs> which is cool i it's just such an interesting thing because i had an experience where i was we were working on a, a a script for like a fan film it was a star trek thing and i had this story in my head for years and then finally we sat down and we were writing it out and i finally got the last Thing written and I had this really weird rush that hit me and it's kind of sense that it wasn't in my head any longer it was down on the paper now and it was just an odd feeling I don't know if you got that kind of feeling too when you did the very last thing I mean how did you feel yeah that's a drug <laughs> that rush you know I mean that, that that's what feels all creators all artists anyone that produces anything when you have that idea that's in your head and then all of a sudden you see it for the first time and it's out there and done that's that's a rush it's hard to get past that that first rush of being published if it's in books but you know i've experienced similar things even with you know indie film and stuff like that where i draw a storyboard and then i work and work and i work and all of a sudden i see that storyboard become a shot in a scene and i'm like oh my gosh i 
didn't I didn't think I'd ever see that, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just it, to, and to me, I love the series. I, the first three books, and of course, I, the the prologue. All those things I really enjoyed, and those a lot of those prologues were in those uh, free comic book day versions of things. So it's nice to have them all kind of together. And I'm really looking forward to getting the the hardcover. Like I said, somebody made it available to me so I could read it. And I had this, you know, you were talking about this the the feeling that you had. You know, when you get to the end of a story with something that's really good. You get this sort of feeling of, you know, oh my gosh, it's over. You know, you, you kind of regret that it's over. There was a person who wrote about uh, Frank Miller's The Dark Knight, and he talked about the fact that it, when it's over with, you know, he was jealous of other people who hadn't read it yet because they had this wonderful experience they were going to get into. And I feel that way kind of about Rust, is the sense that now that I've had a chance to read these things, and I, I truly loved it. I, the, the, I want to get into the fourth volume and talk about what I thought about it. But now that it's done, I kind of feel like I, I imagine you're sharing that same feeling. It's like, you know, oh my gosh, you're not going to be writing or writing and drawing this character anymore. It's kind of weird, and I'm not going to be reading it as these things go. And so I kind of I can kind of share that with you in the sense that it was truly a wonderful experience and this great journey that that uh, both you and the the readers went on. And so I kind of feel that that. Uh, that sense of loss, in a sense, but that on the other hand, I feel this tremendous sense of how great this story was. You know, I, I bring up the Dark Knight from Frank Miller as a, because, in my mind, Rust is up there with one of these great classic stories. It's something that, if you have not bought it yet, I highly recommend get ready for issue or the volume four and read the previous things that come out, and you'll really be glad you did when you get to the fourth volume. Because I loved the fourth volume so much, and I don't want to go on and on, but the truth of the matter was, when I got in there, you know, a lot of times these ongoing series, they start out with a tremendous amount of promise, and you get to the end, and it sort of fizzles out. Not yours. When you got all these things that you had set up in the previous uh, books come to a really satisfying and really terrific and, and cohesive conclusion, I felt, when we got to volume four. And that you kind of bookend, too, towards the end there. And I don't want to get into exactly what, but there's something in the first book that you do again in the fourth book that happened to do with the, with letters to the father and stuff. We've talked about the father-son relationships. But when I got to the end of this book, I was so satisfied with it. I thought you did such a terrific job of storytelling and bringing the whole thing together as like one cohesive story that when I got to the end, I was just like, wow, that really worked. I have, don't read many stories that really work like this one did, so I have to congratulate you. I just think that Rust is one of those rare accomplishments when you get to the conclusion and it really just sparkles and, and makes you glad you read it. Well, Wayne, you're kind of the first person <laughs> okay. to, to, to ever tell me what they think outside of, obviously, like my editor's um, Really, you, you are the first person to tell me what you think. Oh. And we've talked over the years as each volume has come out, and I know that you've been interested in the series and you've been a, a fan of it, and that's meant a lot to me. And so I was honestly dreading our conversation to a certain degree because I thought, <laughs> oh, my gosh, what if Wayne doesn't like it? Because you've been so excited about previous books. And then I started thinking, if he doesn't like it, will he tell me? Oh, because, no. I love uh, this book. I, I truly loved it because, I, like I said, see the characters that you flesh them out so that they're they're living. Jet, the boy who flies, you know, I don't want to get too much into it, but in the family, all these things that are going on and things that happen in the fourth book, and you know, one of the things I really like too is the fact that. As an artist, not many artists can write and do dialogue really well, but there were several lines in there. There's one t- part where the engineer is talking to a person. And he says something about making choices to this human being and how Jet is about to make a choice. And I just, that line, I said, I got to write that line down. That is a great line about that. And I, I want people to read it. I don't want to quote it here because I think that that's something that I want people to experience when they read it. But when I read this book, I just, you know, it's one of those classic books I think that I'm always going to have. I'm always going to keep with me because it just. It reaches into me, and of course, the, we've talked about father-son and all this stuff. Of course, I'm into the the different use of color that you did in the book, and I like something that gives me variety. And this is a story I've never read anywhere else. 
So for me, I just think that, that that rust, I think it comes to a tremendous conclusion. I just, you know, honestly, my expectations were, you know, mile high. I thought, oh, man, can this meet my expectations? But then when I got to the end, I just sat there and went, you know, smork was, was pouring out of my ears. I was like, wow, that was really terrific. That oh, even exceeded great. my high expectations, which to me is something I don't see very much these days. So I was really happy to see it. That, that that's the highest compliment I feel like I could receive. It's just, uh, yeah, I mean, it, I, I've been reading this um, book lately about storytelling. Uh, I, think it's, I think it's by Brian McDonald <clears throat> called Invisible Ink. And uh, just the, the idea that if there's a problem with the fourth act, then, or sorry, if there's a problem with the third act, it's probably actually a problem with the first act. And I started to look into these ideas of storytelling that I haven't, I haven't really studied before. And it suddenly struck me that, like you say, you can watch a story, a, a, a TV show, a movie, and it starts out fantastic. A lot of them do. Mm-hmm. And even movies that people would say were terrible movies, they weren't actually all terrible. They ended terribly, mm-hmm. but they started out really good. Mm-hmm. Or, they, or, they, or they ended with such a, a disappointment that, yeah. that, that it just colored everything else. And I thought, oh, man, there's so much hanging on this fourth volume. <laughs> <laughs> Feeling the pressure of... Uh, Man, I sure hope it's good. Um, oh, it's, it's fantastic. I mean, I just, you know, the characters that you've you've set up, a, a lot of the threads that you've put into the previous books, and I kind of went back to see which ones didn't get uh, sewn together. I couldn't find one that I thought you didn't satisfyingly put together. You know, and oh, the, the way that it wraps up at the end, you know, the, the I, I, again, I don't want to spoil anything, but there are so many interesting. There's times when people are in danger, and I gasped when some of that happened, and then there was uh, times when I just cheered, you know, when certain things happened. Like, it's usually a jet moment. When I, it's jet would do a certain thing, I would cheer, and i go, oh, yes, okay, good. Now he's going to let something such have it, you know, kind of thing. And I just, to the, when I got to the end, it was just this great emotional roller coaster. And, you know, it just, it really just got me. And I just, I wish other books did it like this does, because it's such a satisfying thing to read a, a good story that, that ties together so nicely and has believable characters. You know, I, I, I don't see that very much. I often see characters and, and and jet included you know all these people who are doing things and, and the interesting thing too is that not everybody's being honest with each other which you bring out in that fourth book which i loved i just thought that was the greatest thing because i i could go on and on about how much i loved all the different sequences and stuff like that but i just want to tell people right up front if you haven't bought these books again pick these previous books up and be ready when the fourth one comes because I think you're going to really enjoy the experience of, of a well-told story which we don't get that much in comics unfortunately in my opinion well thanks Wayne I've, I've got a weight off my shoulders now and I hope <laughs> I, I hope everybody responds the way that you do it was uh, uh, like I said it was a joy to tell and I I had to I multiple times through the series refocus myself it's it's a really unique experience to be releasing a story volume by volume and over the years touch point with fans and readers of the book and have them say oh my goodness i love you know book one book two where's book three going and then oh i love those three where's book four going and i remember one time at at a comic convention i I think this was in seattle a woman saying my goodness i love your book and i'm really interested in this particular character's arc and i i hinted to the fact that i may not I may not give all the information that she was looking for by the end of the series. Mm-hmm. And she literally, I watched her flip from like a fan of Russ to like questioning me, like, well, what are you doing? You can't take that character away from me or you can't <laughs> not give me the information I'm looking for. That's what I want from the fourth volume. And I suddenly got really stressed out because I saw her get actually agitated that possibly the fourth volume wasn't going to satisfy her. And then I thought, <laughs> oh man, uh, who else feels like she does? And I had to kind of come back, refocus, and remember that I originally was telling the story for myself. It was really a very personal story, and it, it had to be it had to be um, authentic and very human for it to resonate mm-hmm. with me. And I was I just had to focus on that and try not to think about. I wonder how people want it to end. Yeah, see, I, I, but see, I don't approach a comic like that or a story like that. I don't approach it with, if it doesn't end this way, then I'm not going to enjoy it. 
I approach yeah. it with, tell me a good story. If it's a good story, I'll be happy. I don't want, like, there are some people I know who used to, like, watch TV shows, and they would sit with a stopwatch to watch <laughs> and count the time that certain characters were on the screen that they particularly loved. And if it was less than the previous week, they'd be upset. <laughs> and I'd always be like, well, what, is, what about the story? I mean, did the story make sense? Did, did, did it work out right and stuff? See, when I read your book, that you don't necessarily take everybody to the end of their lives kind of setup. Mm-hmm. But you know what? You want a story that starts in a certain place that's important to us and ends in a certain place that's important to us. And I thought you did that with all the characters very well. I thought that one time they're all coordinated, you know, all this stuff happens within that certain time period within the story and you know what happens after this i don't know if you've got another story to tell after this or not but during the time that we're together we get to know these people we get to understand what's going on with them uh, the ending was so satisfying it's the only word i can keep using when it gets to the end we find out some of the stuff and the the the, uh, the family and what they're doing and you know how they're going to move forward after all this experience i just i thought that was just so you know character development is to me a really important part of storytelling and i thought all all the characters moved forward, you know, some f- more than others, but everything moved, and and together everybody came to a certain place at the end, which I just thought was such a nice thing about it. You know, I, I just literally came, you know, it was like when St. Elsewhere was canceled. I lost about 10 friends off the TV because <laughs> I knew these people. I felt like I knew these people. And it's the same thing with the end of your book. I got to the end, and, you know, I'm not disappointed in the sense that we might not see them again, but on the other hand, I'm, I know these people. You know, I've come to understand them and know them through the story that you've told. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's really, you know, the way you ended it was to me very human and very important in their lives. And so to me, you know, I'm, I'm real happy with it. I, you know, I don't know what that person was thinking, but some people go into <laughs> stuff with certain, what we call agendas. And yeah. I never go to an agenda. All I want you to do is tell me the, the best story you can. And I really thought with Rust, you did an amazing job with it. I, 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 I lack to find the words sometimes. I sat <laughs> some time and tried to write it down, what words I would want to use with it. But it's just one of those classic stories to me that if you're a comics reader, it should be up there with Mouse and Dark Knight Returns and all these other ones, all these really great stories that, to me, are ones that, as comic readers, it's the reason why we read comics. Is this just what Rust is. And I don't run into that very often. You know, I, I, I did to it a couple of times. And Rust, to me, is, I, if somebody wants to say to me, well, why do you read comics? I'd hold that book up and say, read this and you'll know. Well, that's that's incredibly high praise, Wayne. I, uh, I I'm not sure I fit in with those other books that you mentioned, but I'll I'll uh, I'll, I'll humbly accept it. I hope, uh, like I said, I hope other people uh, echo some of the things that you said because, um, yeah, I, I did I did try to tell the best story that I could, and uh, and and I know it won't won't satisfy everybody, but uh, I think. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to finding out. So yeah, like I said, I, I was I was worried because I thought, wow, Wayne is actually the first person to oh. to review this. <laughs> oh, good. I'm, I'm I'm glad I get to to start off well because, like I said, I just you know it it, it blew me away. It really was one of those books that I will always treasure because of that. And you know, to me, I, I hope other people get that same feeling out of it because it's. It's well told. It's it's put together strongly. And like you know, the thing that's interesting to me too is the fact that as a writer and an artist, you know, you know the story, and you ha- when you're drawing, and you use a, a great job of detail on there. You know, expressions, action, all those things are well displayed in my mind. So it must be tough sometimes when you know the story and you've got to draw all these details in. You know, is that is that, them, uh, is they that, they come at different different times. Like you know, sometimes the 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 artwork is is um, the thumbnails are always first, and so the essence of the panel is there. And sometimes those details don't come through until I'm finalizing the pages. Well, I don't know. I I don't know what else I can say about it except the fact that I I always encourage people. You you said a really interesting thing, and there was like a a, a thank you in the book. Where you thanked everybody who who took the book and, and gave it to somebody else and said, "I think you might like this." Somebody. <laughs> yeah, like- I I feel like 
I feel like rust is a little bit different. I don't feel like it fits in. You know, if I can try to remove myself as much as possible from my own biases, because I'm, I'm, I'm the author and illustrator of the book, but I don't feel like it fits in with the, with the standard um, graphic novels and comic stories that are sitting on the shelf. And so I, I can see how it would be passed by, but I, I wanted to, you know, recognize those readers that are, uh, and I know who they are. They're like those evangelists. They're, they just pick up a book and say, you know what? You need to read this because it's probably different. You probably may not pick it up if you saw it, mm-hmm. but I'm handing it to you now. Check it out. You know, um, that, that means a lot to me. I've heard people say that about Rust, and that's why I kind of wanted to call those, those fans out. You know, that's how I got into the book, actually, was there was a bookstore that I was going to, and I'd go in there every once in a while, have a little extra money, and I would say to them, what's really good that I'm not reading? And the guy behind <laughs> the counter gave me the first volume. Wow. That and I said to him, I said, oh, I got I, I looked at it and I was interested by the, you know, the, the different use of color and the, and the the way that it looked and the, the the characters seemed interesting to me too. So I bought the book and ever since then, as you know, I've been a devoted fan because, you know, I, I thank that person, you know, for giving it to me and t- pointing that out to me so I could buy it and get into it and, and enjoy it. Well, if you ever see him again, point. <laughs> Point that thank you out because that's that's for him. Yeah, because I just I read that and I had to smile because that reminded me of how I got into the book. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about how I got named Rust and other things in previous interviews. So I would encourage people if you haven't, you know, if you haven't listened to the previous interviews that I have with Roy, go back and listen to those because he you give a lot of really great background information as to how things got the way they are which is great. And I don't want to redo the whole thing I'll hear, but I wanted to talk a little bit about going forward. I've been re- you talked a little bit about this might be the last time that you're going to do these characters. Might you tell, I, I mean, might there be short stories maybe? Might there be other things that you can do with Jet and, and the Taylor family <laughs> moving forward that, that you might want to do, you know, that somewhere down the pi- time after you've had uh, a spell away from them? Yeah, I, I would never rule out the, the characters in the world um, for future stories. I, I don't. I, I do feel done with this story, and that I got to tell the story I wanted to tell with the characters that I wanted to tell it with. But the world of Rust is is very very undeveloped. I keep it very mysterious, and in, in in the whole series, and um, there's lots there to be tapped for for you know, the, the world and stuff, stuff like that. Um, yeah, future stories, I, I wouldn't rule it out. At the moment, it's hard to imagine because I feel like I have lots of stories I would like to tell. I also feel exhausted. I'm not sure <laughs> I've got the energy <laughs> to, keep, to keep doing this. You know, part of me is like, oh, I wonder if this will be the only um, comic series I ever do. Mm. I, I don't know. That, that's like something I'm questioning right now. Like, do I have the ability to keep going? Do I have any other good stories in me? Sometimes an artist release something, especially in music. You, you notice this: that an album comes out, and you're like, "Wow, that would that just blew my blew my mind." I can't wait for that next album. Mm-hmm. And the next album is not quite as good, and the follow up album to that is even worse. And mm-hmm. um, sometimes I think people have one really, really good story in them, mm-hmm. and then after that, they're kind of just trying to retell that story. Mm-hmm. Not not some of the great writers, you know, there are great writers that tell very good stories over and over. And, um, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm that writer. I, I think I've yet to find out, but, um, I would like to step outside of the West, the rest world going forward. Um, at least for the next, you know, the next, uh, year or two, which, which isn't very long in, in comic timelines, <laughs> uh, development. But, um, I don't know. I've, t- I've, I've had friends ask me, would you ever write and let somebody else, draw or, or would we ever do like a with boom whatever do a rust like an anthology um kind of like the you know the um, mouse guard uh, anthologies that they've released i think if there was enough interest in that i would consider it but um there's there's no plans for it at the moment but mm-hmm. i think that would be an interesting challenge for me to not own all the aspects of the storytelling mm-hmm. um yeah but it's not like i'm done with the characters i can't I can't stand them. I don't want to see them again. Uh-huh. But I, I've definitely been drawing them and looking at them and thinking about them and, and thinking for them and over so long that I, you know, it's it's been a 
sad goodbye, but it's a goodbye that needed to happen as well. Well, you're very passionate about the characters. You know, they're all fleshed out. I don't see any of them that are not, you know, well-developed or interesting, you know, to deal with. Even the younger kids, uh, you know, they have aspects of their personality, I think, that would be fun to see as, as time goes by. But I wanted to bring up one other subject, too, because the, somebody was pointing out the, the last book takes place over, like, one night. And, uh, you know, the t- but the pacing is such that I never felt slowed down or bored with it because so much was going on. And things are happening that, that have my attention just, taint, you know, turning the page as fast as I can to find out what's going on. You know, i got to read everything and make sure I get everything in there, but I keep turning the page. But... Was that something to do something? Because the other volumes don't necessarily happen in that time frame. Why was that? In the it was important to do the like a single night for the last volume. Um, <laughs> it it wasn't it wasn't important. I, I don't I don't even think I could tell you for sure that it was really planned. Okay. It was just that um, I, I was the way I was telling the story was I knew where it was headed for quite a while, not from the beginning, but for quite a while, I knew how the story was going to end. Mm-hmm. And so I was always trying to find ways to get there. And, um, and sometimes the ways I arrived there would surprise me. <laughs> there was, uh, there was a scene in the fourth book that I was drawing and, uh, I, I was kind of, I knew what the outcome of the scene was going to be, but I didn't realize what the scene itself was going to be until I was sketching it out. Mm-hmm. And I was, sitting at my computer at home and I kind of, I suddenly felt a little emotional and uh, my wife noticed and said, what's, what's going on? I said, I just, I didn't realize the scene was going to end like this. Like I knew, I knew what the ending to this book was, but this, the development of the scene had to happen in this way. And I didn't realize until I was sitting there Mm -hmm. writing and drawing and and realizing, Oh, this is what has to happen right now. Mm -hmm. And it, you know, it's that, it's that idea that the creator isn't, the master of the story he's a slave to the story <laughs> and he's discovering it for the first time before anybody else does and that was kind of true <laughs> in those moments mm-hmm. um but so maybe that's my excuse but <laughs> but also possibly poor planning that oh, when no. it came to the last volume you know i knew what the climax of this story was mm-hmm. and i realized oh my goodness this is all going to happen in the course of one night or <laughs> you know, if not several hours or, or less. And, and uh, I thought, well, I'm, you know, this is, this is where I'm at. I'm not going to stretch it out just because the other volumes are stretched out. This is uh, this is kind of the climax of the story. So I stuck with it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but it, you know, I, I would like to tell you it was, it was thought out from the beginning. <laughs> it wasn't necessarily, I didn't realize it until I got to the end that I was like, wow, this is how it's going to happen. Okay, well, then that's how it's going to happen. And, and this is how it's going to be. So. Well, it's interesting because some writers, they have like a certain writer, I think I've had a five-year arc for a TV show. And he was supposed to rigidly follow that five-year arc, but reality got in the way and, and things had to change. And that, and so, you know, it, the fact that you're flexible with that and there are certain things that to make the story better as you're going along, you're conscious of that and you're open to that kind of thing. I think is is a sign of a great storyteller in, in my mind because, you know, if you've got this rigid thing that you're just going to do and it doesn't matter what happens, you're going to force it into that. I have to. That's one of those things I think that happens that makes a story uninteresting. But you know, the, you made the characters believable. You made the things happen that made sense. And you know, I, I may never know what this scene is you're talking about, but to me, the whole thing flowed so perfectly together that I never even dreamed that something was different than what you originally planned. You know, I, all I knew was a good story. That's all I write. <clears throat> well, that, that's good. That's good. It kept it all kept it all a secret. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, no, but that's a good story, though. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's. Uh, yeah, I it, like I said, it was it was it was like I was discovering parts of it along the way, and mm-hmm. and uh, um, but but it was it was an interesting process that didn't happen in all of the books. It happened, it, it happened dramatically in the fourth book for me when I was when I was working on it. Interesting, interesting. Now I noticed too that in, in this interview that you when this whole thing got announced, you were talking about that you wanted to make sure that the fourth volume was out by Emerald City Comic Con 2018. <laughs> and you were talking about, and I remember we talked about the fact that you had a son in this whole process. Now he's apparently, is he about three or four now? 
Yeah, I just turned four. Wow, well, that's an accomplishment. So you got real life in there too, and you know, to, I mean, did that? You talked about like a, a change in one of the sequences, but you know, this—if you had this story in your head all along, it sounds like it mostly followed the pattern that you wanted to go with it from concept until you got to the page. I mean, did it change? You know, dramatically from then, or was this a story—the story you wanted to tell from the beginning? Or, of course, we were talking about the fact that you're flexible with this kind of stuff, and something presents itself, you're you're willing to go with that, which I like. But how close was this to your original thought as far as the story? It was pretty close. I mean, I could see I could see the ending uh, again. Even there was there was just kind of uh, sequences, especially when they're action sequences. It's kind of like okay, well, now what needs to happen is this act. This action begins, and then it ends with this with this result or this resolution. Mm-hmm. So then, how how the story is going to be told in between those parts? comes down to me sitting down and thumbnailing on a page and i'm like well then this happens and then this happens and i'm i'm creating a rhythm for the action that is hopefully going to carry the reader through something that's legible and it's not just pow bang explosion stuff that you there's a there's a rhythm to the action you can see things about to happen and then happen and then the result of them and that's kind of the reason i take so many pages and panels to tell Mm -hmm. stories but it stayed a lot closer than I thought. Hmm. I think at the beginning, um, I have to give a credit to uh, editors at Boom as well. At the beginning, I was like, you guys, I'm really not sure what the page count is going to be here. Like, how much wiggle room do I have? And they said, just do it. Just tell the story. We'll, we will deal with the page count, whether this ends up being, you know, a 150-page book or whether it's going to be 250 pages. It's they wanted me to focus on, they probably wanted me to focus on getting done, but they wanted me to to focus on just getting the story told the right way and not be restricted by things like page count. Mm -hmm. Because for a little while there, I was worried. I thought, well, what if this balloons to something that should be split into multiple volumes? It didn't ultimately. So it was very close to the original. There, Mm -hmm. There was, it was more about how the specifics of the scenes in the book developed more than where they ended up specifically. That's, uh, if, if that's not too uh, oh, obscure. No. No. And, and dare I say, if you have other stories in mind, I would say follow the same pattern because this worked out in my mind so well about things. And you know, a, a couple of things I'm really interested to know. You and I have talked about the, the colors of the, the covers for the previous Rust volumes. One is blue and one is kind of reddish and one is green. And I remember telling you I thought the fourth one was going to be yellow. <laughs> and when I got to read the book, I saw that it wasn't going to be yellow. And I don't know if you want to give up, you know, what color it actually is. But I got a huge kick when I looked at it, and I said, "Ah, I said, okay, that's the color he decided to use." <laughs> yeah, I did. I have released that. The color is black. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so fans have seen that if they follow me on any social media. Um, and I will say, it wasn't my final choice. Mm. Um, I am restricted by by some of the uh, you know uh, options with the printer and and Rust is produced so wonderfully with the cloth wrap hardcover mm-hmm. that um, you know my options aren't exactly I don't get to pick exactly the color I want so the very precise color I wanted was not uh, available to me and the closest thing really was black and I was like all right I guess it's going to be black so that's fine. <laughs> Well, you know, when I saw it, I kind of had to smile because I don't know why that concerns me as it does. But you know, I when I saw it wasn't yellow, I said, "Okay, he went he went that route." So I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> but you know, I, I always kind of figure to us, I may have my opinions, but I don't necessarily feel you should have that same opinion. So I don't worry about those kinds of things. But you know, it it puzzles me. I like to try to guess what's going to come next, and if I get it wrong, so what? Doesn't diminish the book in my mind as far as that goes. Ultimately, it was it was pretty heavily dictated by the artwork itself. So I didn't go. I went forward thinking this is what I want for the cover image, and I created that. And then, okay, well, what what color goes around this nicely? You know, it's pretty it's pretty heavily dependent on that image, and it's a, one of the darker images of the four colors. And so, uh, a darker color made made the most sense. Now, the next thing I got to ask you, of course, is what's the possibility of having rust collected into a an ultimate volume 
shall we say. Mm. I would uh, love to an, see that. An omnibus. Yes, yes, a, a, a <clears> big, <throat> maybe a larger size volume with maybe like another hardcover, maybe a slipcase even. What's the mm. possibility of all these things? I mean, because I'd like to see it all in one volume. I'd love to have that. I'd love that too. Um, I'm curious what you would think. I mean, I think I know what you think about this, but I'm, uh, I think I'm a slave to the remix or the idea of recreating something, but I thought, well, it would be interesting to reprint rust one day in full color, get all the pages colored, you know, and like, instead of being the sepia, um, Mm -hmm. what would rust feel like if it was, you know, full color from Mm -hmm. being, and, um, I've thought of ideas like that. This is, you know, purely in my own head. But um, I'm sure we'll see, not sure, I'm fairly sure we'll see some kind of slipcase collection mm. of the of the volumes in the future. I'm, mm. I'm, I can't make any promises, but I know that's that's definitely been talked about. As far as an omnibus, that's a, you know, that's a whole other printing. And so you know, that's a discussion that I'd be having with the publisher later mm. Mm-hmm. Um, as these other books sit out on the shelf for a little while. But I think that would be cool, too. I would love to see what it would look like collected. And I know there are those fans and readers out there that the books they like, they kind of wait until it's done, and then they buy that collection. Mm-hmm. And they're they're basically just waiting around for their for their whole um, story to be you know fully collected. They can just buy the box mm-hmm. or buy the, the set and walk out the door with it. So... Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to creating something for them, too. That'd be cool. So now, I have to ask, of course, the thing that's interesting to me, too, is that people like Bone, for example, started out black and white. And then they colorized it into the, the hardcovers that came out, smaller version hardcovers. Mm-hmm. You know, I liked that, but there was something about the black and white that still attracted me about that. And so I don't know... I guess the jury's out right now as to whether full color would be something. Would you have to do a lot of work to the art in order to make that happen? <clears throat> yeah, there there would have to be a lot of work to be done. I mean, it would. Right now, essentially, the book is in grayscale. Mm-hmm. Um, the sepia tone is not. It's not colors. It's a color over top of grayscale values. So it's really just a book in values, um, dark to light, and so putting colors on top of that would be a tremendous amount of work. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's, I mean, that's the question I, I wrestle with. To me, it would be interesting to see the book in full color. Um, but the thing I hear over and over again from people is how much they love the sepia tone and how it creates a sense of space and atmosphere to the book that other books don't have. And so, you know, because of that, I don't want to, I don't want to strip away the thing that makes, makes the mood for the story. Um, especially at the cost of all the work that it would, that it would require. So um, if if that was something I heard from fans they were interested in, then, then maybe it would be done. But otherwise, yeah, I mean, the idea of an omnibus, at least the whole thing collected in one book, that would be super interesting. I'd love to see that. Me too. I'd love to have that. You know, because when I get the fourth volume, I'm going to be looking for you at conventions so I can get you to sign them all for me now. Um, speaking of which, which conventions are you planning to do? Are you going to be on the road some to promote the fourth book? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to try to get out as much as I can this next year. I tried to stay indoors last year because, uh, you know, I didn't want to just show up at a show and have what was happening is people come by the table and say, fourth volume out? And I'd say no. And they'd say, all right, next year. And they'd walk away. Oh, and, uh, <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, I got to start, you know, getting this out. And that's why my goal was, you know, the beginning of, of 2018. So um, I live in Seattle. I will be at Emerald City Comic Con. Uh, I am confirmed to be at chicago c2e2 as well this year Mm -hmm. um i'm uh hoping to also do new york in the fall of 2018 good um i went there the year before last and it was great it was a great show read pop does really well there so uh i would like to do that again in between um i'm sure i'm going to try to get out to san diego Mm This year, I skipped last year, and um, other than that, there's one other show I would like to go to, and I don't know what it is. I kind of, oh. <laughs> I'm thinking about doing something new, like a somewhere on the East Coast I haven't been before. Although I did, I did Heroes Con in Charlottesville, and that was a great show, and I'm mm-hmm. kind of thinking about going back to that. Okay. Um, so if there's suggestions, I'm very open to them. Okay, that's good. Maybe somebody should send you. Which leads to the next question: How do people keep 
track of what you're doing and what kinds of things you're up to. Uh, you, social media, anything that uh, people should go, any place we should go to keep up with what you're doing. Yeah, I try to try to stay active on social media as much as possible, but not as much as a lot of other people are. You can you can find uh, my Rust page at uh, Royden Lep Rust uh, on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, I have got a little dusty on Twitter <laughs> lately, but I'll probably be tweeting a little bit more often as, mm-hmm. as I hit some of these shows next mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can find me at Royden Lep on Twitter and also at Royden Lep on Instagram where I post, uh, I try to post some of my other artwork as I do it. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes just photography and stuff like that. It's not a strictly rust account, but mm-hmm. you will see rust stuff on there for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now I, it's the way I understand it is I'm actually going to be at Emerald city comic con as well. So I'm going to oh, make, sure, make sure I have my rust volumes with me so I can get you to autograph them all. Cause they're, they're sort of, they're a little afraid because I've read them several times because I enjoy the story so much. I want to, I can't just read it once and be satisfied. I've got to go back a couple times and read it again. Well, those are my, those are my favorite volumes. I, I have, uh, there was there was a great volume I signed for somebody. Um, it was a hardcover volume one that had survived a house fire. Oh my! Because oh. it had been packed packed into a library, right? So it mm-hmm. was amongst all these other books, and so but it was still smoke damaged and cinched. Oh. Wow! <laughs> it was a, kind of a cool book to sign. But I'm excited to be in Seattle. I love seeing you in Chicago. Seattle's my favorite show. Mm-hmm. I mean, I live here, but I really feel like it's one of the better comic cons in the country, and. Uh, have you been here before? I have not. Uh, and, no, of course, I've got to ask, do you remember what days Emerald City Comic Con is, is going to take place in 2018? Oh, I want to say Mar- March 1st, actually. Oh, okay. I think it's the okay. first day, yeah. So it'll, it should be out by the time mm-hmm. that comes out. So that'll be great. That'll be great. So yeah, be yeah, perfect. it will. Now, yeah, I, I'll be... Uh, I'll, I'll have it at the table there. Oh, boy. In Seattle, I'll have a table, and maybe, so I'll look forward to seeing you. Maybe I'll wait and buy it from you then is what I'll do. Is I'll, I'll get Maybe what I'll do is I'll buy a whole new set and have you sign the whole new set so I can keep them nice and fresh. And I keep I'll, the other I'll ones. I'll try to ready. help you out. Okay. <laughs> now, there was one other thing I, I saw a little bit about and I'm kind of interested in. I saw this thing. There was some test footage of some kind of a Rust movie. I imagine it's uh, animated and stuff. You were saying that, that there was good and bad as far as how it was going and th- that it was kind of slowly going and maybe someday we'd see it. You know, honestly, Rust to me would just make a perfect, you know, animated film. Really yeah, well, I, I, I agree with you. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I mean, originally, uh, back when the first volume came out, it was optioned for a live-action movie with 20th Century Fox. And, <laughs> and, and that option stayed with the studio for a couple of years before it lapsed. Um, mm-hmm. So right now, it's out, it's out of option. It's out of contract. Mm-hmm. There's no development going on for a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my last chance at, at someone seeing Rust as a good film, whether it's animated or live action would be, you know, them kind of having that, that uh, complete set in their hands and being able to read the story from beginning to end and, and envision what it would be. But I agree with you. I think it would be, I mean, I pictured it as a live action movie for a long time because that was the option with Fox. Um, but I, you know, of course, of course, I think it would be a great animated film as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I don't, I don't know, I, I don't know what its future is, but mm-hmm. I hope one day we'll see a movie. Well, Moscow took a long time to get to be. They're starting to work on an animated film, is my understanding of it, and so that took several years for that to take place. So I wouldn't give up hope on that. I think that the story is compelling, and the characters are interesting, and I'd still like to see it animated. Maybe still using all that sepia tone, kind of coloring. I'd like to see. Yeah, that. that that would be that'd be really interesting. Animation is fantastic it's just so expensive mm. and uh when you look at you know a kind of a baseline decent animated movie costing you know 70 to 100 million to make and you can do a pretty good live action sci-fi movie for 30 million it's hard to but I'm, i mean rest is also a an all-ages story and so maybe it's maybe it's uh um, audience would be better in the animated space i'm not sure mm. I, I never thought of it as a kid's story or a mm-hmm. kid's movie i felt mm-hmm. like it was it was really actually for me it just happened to <laughs> be appropriate for all ages so oh. 
Well, it's, it's just a terrific story. Let me once again give the information on stuff. It's Rust Volume 4, Soul in the Machine, is going to come out in February of 2018, so it's not far away. And again, I recommend get your previous volumes so that you're caught up when this comes out so you can enjoy the end, which I truly did. I thought it was just a fantastic book, one of the best books I've read in a long, long time. Uh, the, the hardcover is, uh, is 192 pages, and it sells for $24.99, and the softcover is 176 pages, at least to the all-wise internet, and the softcover is $14.99. Both of those will be out in February, I guess at the same time. So is the order time passed? Have, have people have, have the orders already had to been placed, or is there a deadline still to meet? Not that I know of. I checked recently, and pre-orders are open, so you can still pre-order on Amazon. Whether they're actual pre-orders now or whether it, they've already gone into print for their allotted amount, I'm not sure. Okay. Well, um, so they can check yeah. with local stores then. That's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure they can they can look it up. Yeah. Okay. Boy, I highly recommend this book. If you have not gotten into Rust yet, you certainly deserve a good story instead of the usual stuff that we sometimes get stuck with. And I read something that's really different and original and compelling. And Rust is that book. And Royden, you do great stuff. I hope we get to see more of, of your stuff soon. You know, you start doing some other things and make other stories happen because this one, I think, was a huge success. And I'd love to see more. Great. Thanks. That's encouragement to me, Wayne. And that does make me feel like I need to do more. And I can't wait to see you in Seattle. I'll be really looking forward to seeing you. Me too. I can't wait. People need dramatic examples to shake them out of apathy, and I can't do that as Bruce Wayne. As a man, from flesh and blood, I can be ignored, I can be destroyed, but as a symbol. Get the latest from the comics universe. News, interviews, previews, and reviews. Listen to the weekly Wayne's Comics Podcast, so you can keep reading your comics. That's it for this week. Be back next time when we'll have another great interview with another terrific comics creator. But until then, keep reading your comics. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.